come to rest and I'm joined on the air now by Professor Andrew Knight. Uh, kia ora Andrew, how you going? Yeah, good, hi Oscar. Um, so uh, Professor Andrew Knight is uh, coming down to Dunedin next month to speak as part of Animal Law Week. Uh, we'll get onto that in a moment but I was wondering if we could just yeah talk a bit about your background first. So you are working currently for SAFE but before that you have uh, worked overseas as a veterinary specialist, you're a professor of animal welfare and ethics, you founded the director and centre of animal welfare at the University of Winchester in the UK. How did you first get into this area? I guess, did you enter through the field of vet science? Yeah, I mean, I've certainly had an adventurous uh, past travelling around all sorts of interesting places in the world uh, in my animal welfare career. Um, I started off in Perth, actually, Western Australia, which was the world capital of the live sheep trade. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was essentially campaigning against uh, the trade because more than 100,000 sheep each year were dying on board the ships at sea. Uh, and I was I was giving uh, a number of radio interviews, such as this one I'm doing with you, and interviewers would ask the tricky question of, well, Andrew, that sounds all very reasonable about why you don't support the trade, but tell me, what do you do for a living? And I had to say, well, I deliver pizzas, uh, I deliver newspapers or some other kind of unskilled work. And after a while, it began to dawn on me that people seemed to be judging the merits of what I was saying about the trade upon uh, my qualifications or, or lack of. And so mm. I started, started to think about what would be um, worthwhile in terms of uh, trying to get the specialised uh, knowledge about animal welfare issues and the the skills and the qualifications to enable me to make more of a difference than I was able to make and that led to the whole sort of uh, career that I've had since and I've yeah. travelled to all sorts of interesting places around the world uh, as part of that. Yeah, so you founded the Centre of Animal Welfare at the University of Winchester. Could you tell me a bit about what that is and, and what, what, what you do there or what they do? We're very excited at the University of Winchester in the United Kingdom to be in a situation where the top levels of the university, the Vice-Chancellor and others, are very interested in animal welfare. The university is very into uh, social justice and environmental sustainability, and getting now into animal welfare is just an extension of, of that because all these issues uh, tend to go together. Mm. So what we do, we have a, a research centre, we have a number of uh, faculty that work on various research projects, uh, we have a distance learning of Master of Science in Animal Welfare, Science, Ethics and Law with students enrolled from around the world, actually. Uh, and we have an undergraduate degree in Animal Welfare. And we have a public engagement program. We run major symposia and seminars mm. and give all sorts of talks on animal welfare issues. So uh, quite varied and exciting program. Yeah. So here at the University of Otago, uh, they're currently building a new uh, animal research facility. Um, Given you, you've written a book on the costs and benefits of animal experiments and you, and you were at a university where the stuff's taken very seriously, I mean, if the same sort of facility was being built at the University of Winchester, what do you think the reaction would be? We simply wouldn't engage in the University of Winchester because, uh, as I said, the university is very concerned about animal welfare and social justice and sustainability issues. and. When you start to look at all the evidence uh, relating to animal research, which is what I had to do during my doctorate, essentially, um, you find that the most of the money and the social resources that go into this sort of research 
does not produce useful benefits to society, let alone considering the animal lives that are used in this research. Mm. Um, so, so we wouldn't get into it because the animal welfare impacts uh, are quite severe. Uh, 127 million animals are used worldwide and quite a high proportion of them uh, don't receive adequate uh, painkillers and anaesthetics uh, when you start to look at these statistics. Um, so the impacts are quite severe. The financial costs are, are pretty enormous, and that, that's money that can't be spent on other preventative healthcare strategies that are likely to have better impacts for human health. So uh, as a responsible university concerned about animal welfare, it's not something we would get into. Sure. And so you've now landed in a, a role at SAFE here in Aotearoa, and you're coming down to Dunedin uh, in September. You're giving a talk on the 14th. Um, in the Quad 2 Lecture Theatre at 5.30pm. Um, do you want to introduce that? It focuses first on a pretty notorious character in human history. Absolutely. So I'm excited to be coming on down. It sounds like you've got a very interesting program lined up and I'm looking forward to hearing some of the other speakers too. But I'm, I'm very excited to be talking about uh, my latest research project when I teamed up with that historian from Oxford Brookes University and we looked into the fascinating case of Jack the Ripper. Uh, who is the most famous, infamous uh, serial killer uh, of all time and whose identity has never been solved. Now, because of um, his amazing ability to very speedily uh, dissect um, his murder victims and actually steal certain of their internal organs, it led to theories that he must have been surgically trained. And this is what sparked my interest when I was taken on a mystery tour of East London by my girlfriend uh, for my birthday many years ago and that turned out to be a Jack the Ripper tour and uh, so I went around looking at these uh, locations where the victims were found uh, with many other people in the tour group and the old photographs of the victims and uh, people were talking about the theory he must have been surgically trained and I look at those photographs and because I've gone through surgical training myself I realised that the characteristics of the wounds were actually quite wrong. Uh, but they were more consistent with uh, the approach that a butcher would take. Mm. So uh, we did a lot of research into this case and I've discovered that essentially the, the wounds inflicted on the victims are all wrong for surgical technique, but they're very consistent with uh, the speed and skill of somebody who, who is uh, a butcher or, an, or a slaughterhouse worker. Uh, additionally, um, all his victims were killed with full thickness throat incisions, which is the way the animals used to be killed in the slaughterhouses at that time and are still killed today in order to uh, bleed them out so all the blood is removed so people can eat the meat from those animals. That's, that's how all animals are killed today. Um, hopefully after being stunned unconscious by techniques with varying degrees of effectiveness. Um, so we know those, those characteristics of, of how the women were treated by this murderer and there are some other fascinating aspects of the case too, such as the language he used. Uh, he, he wasn't medically trained, he couldn't spell the word kidney properly. Um, and we also know there were many small-scale slaughterhouses in the local area of East London uh, where conditions were very harsh for both animals and workers. The final thing is that from modern sociological research, we know there are strong links when people commit violence towards animals and the likelihood those same people will go on to be violent towards human beings later on. Most serial killers seem to have a prior history of, of animal abuse and there have been some very large studies uh, in America, one of them had 581 US counties, finding that in counties that had slaughterhouses, rates of the most violent crimes uh, massively spiked. 
and this was not matched by other heavy industries where there were large proportions of low-paid workers, young men, people coming and going, disorganisation of the societies. It only occurred with the slaughterhouses. So it strongly indicates that the, the process of, uh, of killing animals on an industrialised scale, which is what goes on in animal slaughtering today, is affecting the people that work in those industries and making them more likely to commit violent crimes. That's what the research tells us in black and white. Yeah. So it makes total sense that Jack the Ripper was probably a person who honed the physical skills that he needed as well as the psychological and behavioural attributes that he employed on his victims to such devastating effect yeah. during his time as a slaughterhouse worker. Well, there are so many questions I could ask you about this and it's something that's fascinating and, and I'm really excited about the presentation. It's on yeah, the 14th of September and you're also giving one the following day. I think details of that still to be confirmed, but what will that be focused on? Absolutely. So, um, giving one the following day, I, I think that one is going to be on invasive animal research, if I recall correctly. I'm actually giving around about 10 presentations in a three-week period at various <laughs> venues. At Keeping that. busy, yeah? Yeah, so I, 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 if, I'm, if I'm not wrong, uh, yeah, I just checked my diary and, and I believe uh, that... Um, no, no, I, I'm wrong. Uh, that one is on animal ethics. Uh, right. I'm obviously a specialist in that area, so I've been asked to go over the major uh, animal ethics positions, sort of the animal rights position versus animal welfare versus other uh, ethical positions. So I'll be sort of explaining what those all are and the, the merits of each of those and applying to them to how we view animals in society today. Fantastic. Well, all the details about those talks will be posted on this show's uh, Facebook page, but if you're interested at all, dear listener, uh, look up Animal Law Week uh, and you'll uh, find all the info. Uh, very excited uh, to have you coming down in a few weeks' time, Andrew. Uh, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to visiting and giving both those presentations. Fantastic. Well, we'll see you.